Justin. And we're in Menomina, and you're listening to KCOU. Columbia. 88.1. And welcome in to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. My name is Kyle Jones. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Cole Tussing. Cole, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing good right now. You know, it's, you know, coldest it's ever been in Columbia, actually. No, I'm lying about that, but it's still... Really cold right now, you know, my walk over here. Definitely, a, a, yeah. A freezing cold walk. I didn't enjoy mine either. Uh, but we got a good show for you on the cards today. Talking about some Mizzou basketball. Of course, the big trade that happened, uh, you know, in between our two shows. Harper going to the Phillies. We'll talk about that. And a little bit of draft talk because that's coming up as well. So stay tuned. More KNC Sports after the break. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And welcome back to KNC Sports. So, uh, to start things off, Cole, we've got a little bit of basketball action at Missouri. Two games that happened over the weekend. Two really big ones, really fun games. So, the first one we're going to talk about, we'll start with the men. So, Tigers men's basketball team came home and played host to the South Carolina Gamecocks, who came in, they were 14-14 and 14 on the season, 8-7 and seven in conference. They looked like a pretty good bubble team for the NCAA tournament. And the Tigers went and showed out, absolutely showed out, and wound up winning this one 78-63, almost scored 50 points in the second half, one of the most complete showings of the season. Your thoughts on the Tiger men's basketball team? Yeah, it was definitely a great game. You know, when you talk about, you know, Mizzou, you know, the struggles this season, they were able to hold on the lead, you know, first and foremost. They almost, you know, blew the lead. They got South Carolina, I think it was within four at some point in the second uh, half. They, they got within, South Carolina got within six. Uh, the Tigers never, never led by less than five points after they acquired a five-point lead. So, you know, that's great to see, but, you know, Mizzou, honestly, I just think it was, you know, too late of a showing, especially in conference, because uh, you're pretty much out of, you know, March Madness talk and even NIT talk. So, I mean, I felt like it was good and everything, but I just felt like it's not going to carry over much in the season because it gets overtakes by, you know, the, you know, blowing the lead to LSU and that, you know, losing in overtime or, you know, blowing the lead in Florida. 
I think those are the games that people talk about more than this win against South Carolina. I'll tell you what, it's a good build for uh, it's a good build for next season. It's a good build going into the SEC tournament. You know, we got the guys who the guys who showed out in this game were not guys who you really expect to do so. Kevin Perrier got 18 points, but the leading scorer for the Tigers came from the bench. It was Torrance Watson, 20. And he had a really good game, like really good. Then you had guys like, you know, Reed Nico had eight points, but he also was, you know, throwing down slams galore. He had four rebounds. Perrier had six rebounds. Pickett had six rebounds. Tillman had eight, and he didn't foul out. Like, that was huge. You know, like, we we saw it today. We saw it on Sunday. I don't know if we'll see it in the Tigers' next game, but we saw it on Sunday. This team is slowly but surely turning things around. The concept of a winning season, or at least going, you know, 500 for the year, is, you know, it's possible. They have to win on the road in Georgia tomorrow, which they could. Georgia's not very good. And then they have to beat Ole Miss at home on Saturday. Once again, a doable game. And that would give them decent standing going into the SEC tournament, a tournament they're not expected to win. But if the bracket pans out favorably for them, you never know. They could make a run. So going back to, you know, your first two points, I mean, I know you broadcasted the South Carolina game. I'm going to be getting the opportunity to broadcast the Ole Miss game so you can catch that game on KCOU, Sport, KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm pretty sure the game is yeah, at... It's, um... Uh, continue? Oh, um, I was just going to say the game's at 2.30. You know, we'll be doing pregame, but... You know, if you want to listen to my voice more, I'm going to be broadcasting the game, looking forward to it. But, I mean, going back to the South Carolina game, yes, South Carolina is not the strongest team in the SEC compared to LSU, Tennessee, and Kentucky, who are projected to win the SEC. And if you remember, like, it was probably about a month back or something when A&M came into Mizzou Arena, and they were, A&M was the worst field goal percent shooting team in the SEC. Mizzou had the lead on them in the half, in the first half, but then Mizzou blew the lead and ended up losing to AM by seven. So it was great to see Mizzou win a game in the conference, but I mean, you can't even, it seems like you can't even trust that the big team in the lower tier of the SEC. I mean, this this game felt different. I'll tell you what. Just you know, being there and calling it, they they were the 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 game, the lead, and everything was never really in doubt. I mean, Tigers led the entire way. They they you know, the lowest they led by was like one point at the end of the first quarter, but like other than that, like they were always ahead. You know, so. It it really was, like, one of Missouri's most consistent games of the year. And they, you know, they went out. 
you know, they, they went out and it was, it was depth. It was the depth that really surprised me. And it's depth that's going to get them, you know, going better. They can get bench performances like they did from Torrance Watson or Reed Nico. I mean, both of those guys came off the bench and had themselves just phenomenal nights. I mean, Reed, Reed Nico had like this awesome, this awesome dunk, uh, which like he did that right after absolutely rejecting one of the Gamecock players going for a layup. I mean, the the whole sequence there is the sort of stuff that you love to see. You know, they, they, they're looking better. Adam Wolf got a minute. That was, you know, the feel-good story of the year right there is if Adam Wolf can, you know, play on, uh, on you know, on Sunday, you know, or rather on Saturday. If he can play on Saturday, you know, that's, that's you know, that's going to be really, really good to see. You know, it'll be a senior night. On Saturday night. Um, but then, like, you know, it's... The consistency is the key for this team, right? So, like, they look great on Saturday. But will they look great on Tuesday? Or, I, sa- or not Saturday, even. I think this is a great stretch for them to prove it. Because Georgia's a terrible basketball team. They're not good. And so... If you can once again establish some quality against Georgia, really, you know, give your chance, give yourself a chance to, you know, continue winning. That's, you know, that's multiple wins in a row. It's multiple solid performances in a row. You can go home to play Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is definitely a much better basketball team, but, you know, with a little momentum, a little bit of thought, you, you know, you might be able to. You might be able to, you know, to get it done, and and then you're, you know, then you're o five hundred on the season, and it's, you know, it's fine. Now I will say, you know, this through my research of, re, you know, researching Ole Miss, they almost beat Auburn in Auburn, and I believe the only way for Mizzou to possibly beat Ole Miss on Saturday is to beat Georgia in Athens, pretty much how we saw South Carolina, basically not blowing a lead at all to Georgia. Oh, they're going to have to, they're going to blow out Georgia and then they're going to have to go home and really just, you know, kick butt against Ole Miss in order for this end of season stretch to really mean anything. Like one win against South Carolina is not going to do anything to, you know, spark my interest in the, you know, the development of this program. It's, it's, you know, Three straight wins to end the season, and a halfway decent showing in the SEC tournament. That right there, that makes me very happy. Looking at the SEC tournament bracket right now, Mizzou is currently, as I'm saying this right now, Mizzou is currently projected to play Georgia in the SEC tournament, repeat of last year. Is that on Wednesday? They'll probably win that. I imagine they'll win that. I don't know who they play afterward. But I imagine that they would uh, win that one. Georgia's not not good, you know? Like, they are not good at all. Uh, in terms of, like, you know, Mizzou, they're not that great either. But I think that they can probably hold it against Georgia. We transition now to uh, the, other, the other basketball team on campus, the... 
Missouri women's basketball team who had an incredibly emotional night um, on Sunday. They, uh, they, they led the entire game. They, uh, they, they, their winning was never in doubt. If you look at the little win probability graph, they started out with, like, before the game even started, there was like an 89% chance of Missouri winning. And by about, like, yeah, by the end of the first quarter, it was 97.9% chance of winning. And it never dipped. Like, it really never dipped. Yeah, Mizzou went on quite a run that first quarter against Alabama. And- I mean, they, that, the 21 to 5 after the first quarter, there were two quarters. There were two quarters in this basketball game where Alabama did not even score 10 points. 20, 21 to 5 at the end of the first, and then uh, the third quarter score was 21 to 9. You know? Like, the defense for this Tiger team was phenomenal. You know, like even even the second and th- the second and fourth quarters, when Alabama did get over into double digits, they scored sixteen and then they scored seventeen. The second quarter was the only off quarter for the Tigers, where they only scored fifteen points. Like they were fine. It took it took the tie two quarters. It, it took the tie an entire half. To match what the what sorry it's like the the crimson tide a whole half to match what the tigers put up in the first quarter, like I mean that's not dominant I don't know what is. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy game, and I know you went for KCU to report. I went, you know, just as a general student, general fan. It was a lot of fun, and I have a few things to talk about the women's game. So obviously, you know, seniors Porter. Cunningham, M. Aldridge, this was their final time playing at Mizzou Arena. And they all put up quite a performance. Sophie Cunningham absolutely dominated. Like, if you want to talk about, you know, a great way to end your season, oh, my word, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal. And she, you know, she got three, three fouls. You know, she showed up for her team. She got physical play, and, you know, she was really, really Really good. And then you look at Sierra Porter, and she goes and gets 11 points, 7 rebounds, 3 steals. And something that I haven't seen a lot of folks talking about on Twitter, this is a player who had to medically retire at the end of last season. No one thought she was going to play. On Sunday, that was her 100th start. 100 starts for a player we didn't even think we were going to see this season. Like, it's huge. There's so much emotion in this game. Hannah shoots with 12 points, four rebounds. You had Haley Troop with 10 points, two assists. Lauren Aldridge had five assists and a steal and a rebound. She never gets rebounds, you know? But yeah, going back to Porter, like, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the first quarter, like, Porter had, like, six points throughout the game was, like, the she leading had, scorer. She had, like, seven points at the end of the first quarter. It was the leading scorer for, uh, for all scores. Um, and was really showing out. And that was the big thing at the end of the first quarter was just how many players had scored, you know? It seemed like almost everyone for the Tigers who touched the court put the ball in the net. And in the end, that's that's essentially what happened. The, the only players who didn't get points for Missouri that game were Kelsey Winfrey and Nadia Green, 
Nadia Green played two minutes. Kelsey Green, sorry, Kelsey Winfrey played three. So, like, it was essentially, if you touched the court for more than three minutes for the Tigers, you got at least one point. Like, even Jordan Chavis got a singular point. She got fouls. She made a free throw. So, um, so this is the senior night, you know, you know, everyone, you know, Sophie, Lauren, and Sierra, this is, you know, it for them. A lot of people I've noticed on Twitter talking about, okay, you showed out great in your senior night, and, you know, you're going to be playing the SEC tournament probably in March Madness. What does next year hold for Mizzou under Robin Pinchton? I'll tell you what. I am more excited about next season than I have been about any other Mizzou athletic season. Like, football's got Kelly Bryant. Football's got a lot of returners. They could make a big run in the SEC. I am more excited about this Tiger women's squad. You got Asia Blockwell, whose recruitment grade is 98, one of the best in the nation. Haley Frank, whose recruitment grade is 97, also one of the best in the nation. Micah Linthicum, grade of 90, also one of the best in the nation. Akira Levy is coming back. She got hurt. She's going to come back better than ever. You got, you know, no one talks about Kelsey Winfrey. She's she's going to be an underrated talent. I think next year she's going to really show out. Haley Troop, who was a freshman this season, heck of a season from her. Hannah Schutz is going to be a senior. She's going to have a great year. Jordan Roundtree's going to be a senior. She'll have a great year. Amber Smith, senior year, she's going to show out. Brittany Garner, who transferred in, couldn't play this season. She's going to be able to show what she's got. She'll probably be really good. You know, this Tiger team is going to be a force next season. And under, you know, phenomenal coaching. Of course, yeah. I mean, you know, Robin Pynchon's coming back. There's, there's no evidence to suggest otherwise. I mean, this whole team is going to be just incredible next season, you know? And that's something, you know, you mentioned, you know, her name, so I want to come back to it. Akira Levy saying the national anthem. Oh, my gosh. It. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so her, her influence cannot be understated, you know, even when she's not playing. Like, she literally can't play. She has, like, almost no use of her right leg. And she still was the spark on the bench. She's she was the spark on the bench. She's on the bench. She's dancing. She's screaming. She's hyping everybody up. And it goes out at the beginning of the game. It slays the national anthem. Like, can we just talk about how good a singer she is? Like, that's not even athletic talent. That's just pure raw, like just emotion. That's pure raw talent. You know, it's just vocal cords. She was great. And I remember at. Mizzou Madness, you know, she put on quite a performance. Who did she impersonate? I can't remember. Was she? Yeah, uh, she sang an Alicia. She sang an Alicia Keys song. Yeah, and she absolutely killed it. So I knew she was gonna kill in the national anthem. But man, something else. I'll tell you what. But that's the point I'm trying to come across here. Is that obviously she's a great player. She's a great talent. She's very young. She has a lot of potential under Robin Pinchton. You know, obviously the spark on the bench gets her and is still the spark on the bench. That just shows the commitment she has to this team and this program. She's something else, I'll tell you what. I've I've enjoyed watching her develop. 
in her freshman year. Once again, freshman. That's the biggest thing about this. She's going to be playing at Missouri for another three years. You know, like, she's going to, you know, I, I've, I've referred to her um, recently as, as the heir to Sophie Cunningham's throne. And I truly believe that she has what it takes to really, like, you know, to assume that throne, right? There, there are two different, they are two different styles of players. Like, Sophie is, you know, incredibly tall. She's going to get you your rebounds. She's going to be shooting your threes from the perimeter, you know, but then she can also drive the lane. Akira Levy, she's shorter. She may not get as many rebounds, but she's going to go in for the steals. She's going to drive the lane. She's physical. She's going to really bump up against other players and get those layups, get those hard-earned points. And I could see her really using that physical game to her advantage for the rest of her college career. That's an interesting point you brought up of how, you know, Sophie Cunningham's thrown because just think of all the things that, you know, Sophie Cunningham has, you know, brought to this program. And I remember, look on Twitter, like the possibility of, obviously, she's going to be in the Mizzou Hall of Fame. Oh, I yeah. think that's obvious. I, I think, I am of the opinion, just the impact that she's had on this program, the talent that she has brought, just how good this team has been, she might wind up with her number in the rafters. That's what I was about to ask. Like, will her number be retired? Which I think, I think she should. I think have it. definitely. You know, from what from what you hear from Robin Pinchton about her, right? Is that she brought Missouri and put Missouri women's basketball back on the map? They had lulled for a while near the end of the time in the Big Twelve. They had lulled after entering the SEC. And she came in and changed the entire climate of this basketball program, you know? And now now they are a team that can legitimately compete against anybody and will compete against anybody and could win on any on any day of the week against any team, you know? Here's the interesting knock that, you know, I see a few interesting knocks on Sophie, but I remember one of those were you know, a couple of years ago where it's like, okay, you're a great player. You're a great shooter. You have a lot of potential, but how much can you show for yourself without your sister being on the court with you? She's been better without her sister. She's put up more numbers without Lindsay. I mean, if you just look at this season, she has like, she's, she's blown teams out of the water just by herself. You know, like without Lindsay, she's been just fine. And I, I, I don't think, I don't think Lindsay was ever a factor in how good she was. I've always been of the mind that, you know, she is bettered by having great players. But even without great players on her squad, it's still just raw, unadulterated power from Sophie Cunningham. She's just raw talent. We look at the uh, the SEC tournament for the women. So Missouri is going to be playing on Thursday. They don't know who they are playing yet. It will be the winner of Florida versus Ole Miss. I imagine Missouri beats whatever whatever team comes they come up against between those two. That sets them up for a quarterfinal matchup against Kentucky. Kentucky, a team that did beat Missouri, but Missouri was on the road. 
and they were coming off of a tough loss against South Carolina. It was one of the few. It was one of the few stretches this season where they uh, where they lost two games in the where they lost two games in a row. Kentucky is uh, ranked as the four seed in the tournament. When Missouri played them, they were 15 ranked in the nation. Right now, they are ranked 13 in the nation. So they uh they definitely have a pedigree. They are 24 and 6, Missouri 21 and 9. Definitely closer than we think. Do you, do you think Missouri advances out of this one? I think, you know, Missouri's got definitely got to take it, you know, game by game, but I mean, sure you lost to, you know, Auburn, but then you won and that's two at Arkansas and then you blew Alabama out of the water on the senior night and if you put up a performance against either Ole Miss or Florida in the, you know, second round of the SEC tournament, that gives you all the momentum in the world against Kentucky if you get there. Yeah, and Kentucky will be coming off of a crazy break. They they will have played their last game, you know, yesterday, or rather not yesterday, uh, Sunday, last Sunday. They won't play again until Friday. I mean, that's a big, that's a that's essentially a week long break, and while it's good to have rest. Rest kills momentum, you know? The Tigers will play their next game on Thursday, which is, you know, a a bit of a longer break. But they then, you know, they play two days in a row. And that's, you know, that's momentum. You get your momentum back. You're probably going to be tired if you have a hard-fought one against Ole Miss or Florida. But hopefully it's more on the vein of the Alabama game, that's what I expect because both of those teams are seeded lower than Alabama, right? So I expect that Missouri will you know, have a little bit of an easier task against the Gators or the Rebels, and that leaves them rested enough to take on Kentucky the next day. So let's just say Mizzou does beat Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Who does it say they'll play in the... Is it semifinals? And it would be the semifinals. Um, it would be either Mississippi State, Tennessee, or LSU. I imagine that the quarterfinal is going to be between Mississippi State and Tennessee, and I imagine that Mississippi State comes out on top. They are the number one seed in the bracket. The Tigers did go into Starkville, I believe, this season. Um, did and they? beat them. It was yes, Mississippi they did. State was number four in the yeah, nation. Yeah, you're right. They were number five in the nation, and and the Tigers went into Starkville and won. So they do have a little bit of experience, you know, being giant killers. They would have to be serious giant killers in the semifinal, and then they'd have to do it again because they'd come up against either South Carolina or Texas A and M, most likely. Both of those teams incredibly talented. South Carolina, Missouri in the SEC fi- in the SEC championship would just be a storybook ending, um, you know, especially with the rivalry between the two programs. I don't know if that'll happen, but if it does, it, it makes for an incredibly intriguing tournament. But we're going to take a break for now. When we come back, Bryce Harper went to the Phillies this week. We're going to talk all about it, so stay tuned. This is Gil Scott-Heron with some bad news. It's called angel dust. It's a killer white powder or a chemical mix that is sprayed or sprinkled on tobacco or marijuana cigarettes. It has come between the best of friends. 
Don't sell it, buy it, give it, or take it. In other words, don't mess with it. It may leave someone close to you very dead. That's no way to treat a friend. That's no way to treat yourself. Just ain't where Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry, and I'm an actor reaching out with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, which works with private landowners to protect wildlife, preserve natural habitats, and create permanent sanctuaries. To learn more, call 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Kyle Jones joined by Cole Tusing and Cole... Last week, the news broke. It has finally happened. Someone has given Bryce Harper a home. He has done it. He's been contracted 13 years, $330 million to the Philadelphia Phillies. And, dear Lord, first off, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of years. It was all in Philadelphia. And there's no opt-out. And there's no trade. There is a no-trade clause. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some details. So, 2019, this upcoming year, 10 million dollar salary plus a 20 million 20 million dollar signing bonus paid in two installments. 2020 to 2028, he'll get 26 million dollar salary annually. 2029 to 20 to 2031, 22 million dollar salary annually. Let's just reiterate the fact that this man is under contract. For a decade after, you know, you know, God willing, we, we graduate college. We're going to be, like, married with kids and stuff, and this guy's still going to be under contract with the, Phil- with the Philadelphia Phillies. Like, that's how long this contract is, you know? Like, even if you're not, like, like if you're listening, even if you're not dating someone now, you're probably going to be either dating someone or have found someone or have had kids by the time Bryce Harper is out of his contract. So I guess I have two questions with, I mean, you're more of a baseball guy than me, but with Bryce Harper being there for that long Philadelphia, is it they want to develop young talent around him or do they want to bring in new veterans to I can't tell. win the division? I think it's a now thing. I think, I think they're ready. If it's a now thing, then why would they offer so many years? Because they okay, so first the money, the money makes sense. I think the years are because they had to give him a, they had to give him the biggest offer that they could, you know. And, and like, I don't. If you wanted to, if you wanted to develop your team with youth, you go to the farm system. You 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 know you play it like the Astros did, you know. You like, you know, you develop. If you want to win now. You go out and spend $330 million on Bryce Harper. It's so, it's so much money. And the question is, like, the Phillies aren't a team that you always talk about winning, you know, their division. They still won't win the division. It's going to the Braves. They might win a wild card. They might, they might get to the wild card. But the Braves have this division. Do you know why they have the division, Cole? Because they develop young talent. Exactly. They did it the right way because... Because Acuna Jr. is... Ronald Acuna is amazing. Freddie Freeman's great. That whole team, they've got so much talent just in youth. I mean, I, I cannot wait to see what they do this season. It's going to be great. 
They were they weren't even supposed to make the playoffs for another year. They pulled an Astros. They went ahead of schedule, <laughs> made the playoffs this season. Was the number one seed? Yeah, all out of the NL. Yeah, I mean they were. They look great, you know. A few more, uh, a few more interesting details about this Harper contract. There's some perks that I didn't know about, but I think we should talk about. So, according to details in, obtained by the AP, Harper would earn an extra $50,000 each time he's an All-Star. Now, I imagine he's going to make the All-Star probably at least five more times, you know? So, that's that's a cool, Chris, $250,000, you know? If he, uh, So, that's if you... If he uh, wins a gold glove, that's 50000 If he wins a silver slugger, that's 50000 If he gets selected as an NLCS MVP, that's 50000 World Series MVP, he would win 100000 If he get, If he is selected as league MVP, 500000 50,000 for finishing second in that voting, 25,000 for finishing third. As $800,000 available in bonuses each season or if you do the math, an extra 10.4 million dollars in available bonuses across his 13-year contract. If I remember correctly, I saw ESPN do the math and it was like Every time he, you know, steps up to play in a game, he earns like $238,000 or something like that. Yeah. Every time he swings a bat, it's going to be like, you know, almost a million dollars. And he's going to swing his back. He's going to swing his bat a whole lot. And, you know, if you want to talk about money and stuff, obviously he's, you know, the MLB cover athlete upcoming. So he's going to be getting paid a lot of money by Sony. They already update his jersey for the cover. Yeah, if he's on the cover for the show, he'll probably be getting more endorsement deals, especially in the D.C. area. You know? Like, this whole thing is... I know it's what you predicted he'd go to, but do you think this is the right decision for Bryce Harper? I mean, yeah, he's getting a heck of a lot of money. I'm, I'm going like team wise, like prestige. Oh, team. if you want to go to a contender or something. If he wanted to go to a contender, he should have gone to the he should have gone to the Cardinals or Cubs, you know. But in, in terms of just you know, quote unquote, making the right decision, I mean, like he's getting a whole lot of money. No other teams were really you know, no other big teams were really offering him anything. I mean, this is this is really the best he could have asked for. You know, there's a there's a potential for him, and it, it it won't happen. But there's a potential for him to turn this 330 million dollar contract into a 340 million dollar contract with all the bonuses that he's gonna get. Once again, it it won't happen, but it's still something very you know intriguing if you're you know if you're Bryce Harper. It definitely is, you know. Interesting talk about, you know, the money aspect because this is not just, you know, Bryce Harper, not just the MLB. We see the situation like we see it all the time in, you know, NBA free agency stuff where people say, you know, in press conferences and stuff, they want to go to a contender. 
but most likely they go to the team that gives them the most money. Yeah, I mean, but but can you blame them for you know going to a team that's gonna you know have you set for the rest of your life? I mean, I I can't blame him for you know g- taking that contract. I think it's I think it's a stupid contract. I think it's stupid to you know have a guy under contract for 13 years with no opt out. You're basically you know saying you know this guy will never be a bust. You know this guy is never going to just you know. Have you know have a have a you know get to a point where he you know doesn't really serve too big a purpose in the team. I mean, look at it. Thirteen years is a very long time. He's going to plateau, you know, probably seven years into that. So then you're eating six years worth of contract where he's you know I'm not gonna say he's worthless, but where he's just he's not gonna be what you signed up for. You know, it definitely is an address to that many years. It could work. You know, we never know until you know it actually happens and the season begins. But oh man, that I just that's I, just many many years. That's so long. Like that's my thing, right? Is that like the him going there and and the Phillies wanting to have him? I think is is a good idea. I think that's really smart. But I mean, dear Lord. 13 years with no opt-out. That is just, I don't think it's going to work. You know? Obviously, the Phillies are, you know, you're talking about how the Braves will win the division and everything. Like, what if, you know, it doesn't pan out, you know, this coming season? Yeah, I mean, what if, what, what if we're, we're not even, like, you know, we're, we're looking too far into the future. Like, you know, this could, this could very well you know, go downhill immediately. And then what does the Phillies management do? Yeah, like, are they, are they you, you'd have to eat that contract. If anything goes bad for more than a year, you're going to have to eat so much money in that contract. It's, it's so dumb. I just think, I think the contract itself is incredibly dumb. But we're going to take a break here after we come back. A little bit of draft talk. Draft is coming up for the NFL, so stay tuned for some of that. Artu, where are you? Artu? Artu? Artu, you're on fire! Artu, Ditu, you found a cigarette. Well, I don't think smoking is grown up at all. Because it's very dangerous. Smoking does dreadful things to your lungs and is very bad for your heart. Well, I know I don't have one, but humans do. And I think we should set a good example. Well done, Artu. Oh, hello. You know smoking is bad for your health and it isn't grown up at all. So please, don't smoke. Do you really think I don't have a heart? Sassy! Today's episode, Rattlesnake at the Pond. Oh no, a rattlesnake! Sassy, help! (coughs) You will, but first you want to talk about shelter pets? (coughs) The majority of pets in shelters are there due to owner-related issues like divorce or allergies? Save us, Sassy! (coughs) What, Sassy? You wish you were videotaping this? 
Sassy. Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU. So, Cole, the Combine is, you know, in full swing, kind of finishing up a little bit. And uh, we have our, according to NFL.com, our 2019 NFL um, All-Combine team. So let's start with the offense. I'm gonna I'm gonna list some names. You tell me your thoughts. So at quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. You know I think it really showed out in you know the NFL Combine not only in the forty but you know throwing the ball. So you know what I think that's a fair pick. I think he's gonna be the first quarterback taken in this coming NFL draft. For running backs, Miles Sanders and Mike Weber. I have honestly no opinion on either of these two. Of course, the one everyone was expecting, DK Metcalf. I mean, you're telling me this, you know, DK is a wide receiver, but when you look at those pictures, you would think he's a lineman. I think he was a UFC fighter with how built he is. And my word, that guy's huge. Other wide receivers uh, mentioned here, Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin. I think those are solid pickups. Interesting, you know, Emmanuel Hall had a... Uh, Really, really good showing at the combine. He did. He had the second. It, it I was, think it was the second of all time. Yeah. Uh, for the for his for his forty, and he almost jumped. He almost jumped like you know twelve feet for his broad jump. It's crazy. Well, not twelve feet, twelve inches. I don't know. Tight ends: uh, Noah Fant and T.J. Hawkinson. I know Hawkinson's gotten a lot of talk because he's very good. For left tackle, tackle Andre Dillard out of Washington State. They're saying that he might go to the Texans. I think that's a that's a good fit. I think that the Texans need O line talent, and I think if you have a talented O lineman that you can get, I think the talent the Texans should really go for him as soon as they can. At left guard, Michael Jordan out of Ohio State. A name that you recognize, but not the same one. At center, Garrett Bradbury. Right guard is Chris Lindstrom. Right tackle, Caleb McGray. So those are all the those are all the offensive players. We look at the defense now, which, you know, pretty strong class. Uh, for edge rushers, you have Ben Benogu at TCU. And Montez Sweat from Mississippi State. Sweat, I, I I remember that name from when the Tigers played Mississippi State. He's very talented. I have 4.41 40-yard dash. That's really impressive, you know? Uh, some other guys on this list. Uh, you got John Kaminsky from Charleston. Charleston, a team of the CAA. Division, uh, you know, not Division Two, but FCS. Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. Devin Bush out of Michigan. You got Quentin Williams from Bama. I mean, this is this, you know, the combine's one thing, but you, you know, you really you gotta start looking at the actual, you know, the draft itself. And you know, when I when I'm looking at like you know, when I'm looking at this draft. You know, I'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see, you know, how you think this thing goes, Cole. Well, obviously, you know, 
a good amount of Mizzou players are currently at this draft. And, you know, so far what I've seen from the NFL draft, they are putting on one quite performance. Definitely really, you know, showing out, looking really good. Um, I, I'm willing to say, you know, all, pretty much every, every Tiger at the draft this year probably going to get at least considered for draft. I know I, I'm I'm almost I know Drew's gonna go, obviously. I think Emmanuel Hall has a good shot. Um who do you think's going number one? Like first overall in the draft? Yes. Who do you think's going going first overall in the draft? Nick Bosa out of Ohio State. I agree. I think Bosa's the correct choice. I think he's he's the kind of guy that the Cardinals need Especially since they're saying that, you know, Rosen is their guy. They're not going to pick Kyler Murray. So I think that it's a good fit. Uh, where do you think Kyler Murray goes? Kyler Murray. See what I've seen on the I've seen draft him the Jaguars. First round? Yes, first round of the Jags. Pick number seven. With Haskins going to the Giants at six. I think the Jaguars is an interesting team for him. I mean... Undercuts Blake Bortles. That's all I'm going to say about it. But I guess what I'm trying to get out here is the most recent thing I've seen before the and actually before the you know combine even started but Drew Locke yep predicted to go to the Redskins in the second round see what I've seen is Drew Locke going to the Dolphins in the first or the Redskins in the first I'm I'm thinking Drew's a first round draft pick he, I don't think he'll fall to the second round I think that that's I think that's a little bit too out of the ordinary um, other than that, uh, that's that's gonna just about do it for uh, for us here on KNC Sports. Thanks for tuning in. We are on every Tuesday eight to nine, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And uh, 